We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Podcast. Uh, I'm your host tonight, Mickey Collin. I'm joined on the line and on the screen uh, by a very chipper-looking Mark Corby and Adam Woodrington. Hello, lads. <laughs> It's delirium. Delirium, yeah. Another word that we could get into Steve's press conferences. Um, it's another dismal light support Newcastle United, I'm afraid to say. Uh, Chelsea 2, Newcastle 0 in a in a game that, if we're honest, could have been significantly worse than that. Um, you know, that, what, a, what a way to start that is. Um, I mean, we'll, we'll start by looking at uh, the lineup, have a look through the game, some of the key moments. And I think we'll better finish up looking at the wider context and the Premier League table, which is increasingly ominous as days go by, I have to say, and with Fulham playing midweek against a struggling Burnley, you know we're, we're certainly not looking up the table. Uh, I think even even Steve will have to admit that now we're in a relegation battle, despite the fact that we're still not in the relegation zone by some absolute miracle of football. We aren't in the relegation zone, but tonight we lined up. And Mark and I were just discussing before we came on air with what, what I can only describe as a 4-6 formation with no striker. Um, now, it, it is a system that we've seen before um, with, with, with this Newcastle side with, with Wilson playing in the in the kind of Gale role, Adam. So it's, you know, it, it didn't come as a massive surprise that that was the system, but it looked to me to be a really, really different system without Wilson to what, to what it is with him. And... It, it didn't work, did it? Listen, replacing Wilson was always going to be impossible with the striking options that we had. And you, you've got to almost look at a, even a Frankenstein's monster of the best bits of Carroll, the best bits of Gale, and the best bits of Joe Linton sort of mashed Don't together. You, you know, just hear me out. Um, mashed together, I don't even think gets 50% of what we get from, from Callum Wilson. I really, really think he's that important and integral to how we play. And, we, I mean, we, we obviously know the goal contribution that he supplies us. It's one of the highest in the league. We're so over-reliant on him. But th this this idea that we've got essentially three, three short lads up front, Miggy's deceptively taller than we think but I mean he's not a, he's not going to win anything in the air this is my point we are a long ball side we might not want to be but we are a long ball side I think we're I think we're in terms of long balls this season I think we're second or third highest in the in the entire league and we're up there with the West Broms and the and the Burnleys so basically it, that that's that's Bruce Ball that tells you that tells you a lot so 
without Wilson in the side, it's not just about his goals that we have to replace. It's about how we how we begin attacks, how we progress up the pitch, how we hold territory in the opposition final third. And we really, really struggle to do that because we're still playing long ball. We didn't adapt. And you're looking at you're looking at Gale. He's not going to give you that aerial threat. He's not going to be able to hold the ball up in the way that we that, that Callum Wilson can. And yeah, it, it seems silly to completely say, well, I'm not going to sit here and tell you how much Gale isn't Callum Wilson. My point here is why haven't we found a different way to play? We've had an ex- we've had an extended period since the last game. Why haven't we found a different way to play without somebody who was essentially the linchpin of those performances since Everton? He's the he's the linchpin. He, he knits everything together. It's not about his goals. You can talk about well, he's has he scored more penalties? Hasn't got this many up. Callum Wilson is crucial for us and. The idea that we've just tried to play this exactly the same way with a swap of Gale and Callum Wilson, what did you think was going to happen? And what and 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 just to just to extend my point, is the fact that it's not actually two up front. It's it's Miggy in behind in the ten. You've got Gale who's slightly to the right, and this is this is this is how Wilson operates as well in this. But Wilson's a bit better and can can kind of make up for that. But Gale's pushed out to the right. Sam Maximan's right over on the left wing. So, we, like that, there's too much. It's too disjointed for me. And what you get is yes, on the left hand side, in in theory, you have Sam Maximan who can sort of help defensively, Jamal Lewis, so he's not so exposed. But guess what? Sam Maximan isn't really known for his defensive work. On the right-hand side, you've got Gale as the as the winger. Otherwise, we're not playing any wingers. Chelsea's system completely relies on, and as far as tonight, Marcus Alonso and Hudson-Odoi getting the ball in wide areas. And when you when we're sitting deep, when we've got we're playing with fullbacks, when we're sitting deep, they essentially just have a free run up either wing until they get pretty much fairly like you know halfway into our half. They they can get so deep into our half before they're even challenged by any of our players because we're not playing with wingers because of this narrow formation that we're playing. And against Chelsea, for me, that's just that's crazy. That's absolutely nuts. We we, we invited it, and then guess who was targeted. Emil Kraft. He was out. He was completely exposed because there was, you know, you look at that first goal with with, with Timo Werner. Yes, he just come back onto the pitch, and that maybe we needed to be sharper there. But I think even if we knew he was there, we didn't have the cover because who's supposed to come across? One of the defensive midfielders? Yeah, maybe. But that's that's so narrow. We're so narrow. There's so much space on the outside. The first goal comes from attacking the wing. Now look at the chances. We're looking at crosses and chances created by. And you know, chances created by by Chelsea and final third passes. Guess who's up there amongst the best of them? Marcus Alonso and Callum Hudson Adoy. What did we think was going to happen? Mark, I'm curious about your thoughts and whether you think, you know, does that does that system fall apart because we don't have Wilson and we have Gale and, and Gale doesn't know how to play that role. You know, it's it's effectively a made up role. I haven't seen it before from any other team. Does it fail because the two 
players that we've got in the attack and wide positions can't offer anything defensively because they're not capable, but then aren't offering anything in an attacking sense because they aren't in the right position to do so? Or does it does it fail because Chelsea are a good football side? First of all, I admire Adam's great attempt to try and analyse what we've just watched there because, you know, the, the, the enthusiasm and commitment to deliver something there for four or five minutes was was brilliant because I, I was making notes during the game and, you know, as you do, you, you start losing a bit of interest, the WhatsApp group starts firing up again and you're just getting simple simple messages from your mates saying, what did we expect? You know, it's it's Newcastle at Chelsea and the sad thing about all this is if you if you if you if you go back to historically at Chelsea, we've never really performed well. We've never got results. I think it's two wins in about thirty-five years uh, in the league. That is, um, if you look at the, the injuries, Manquillo and Shaw, they're becoming injury-prone. Them too now. They, they have a, a bit of a spell and they get injured and they go missing for a while. And obviously, as Adam mentioned, Wilson's just a huge, huge miss. He's becoming he's becoming as important to us as probably what I don't know. <sighs> I'm trying to think back. Debravka was happy. last season. Debravka well, yeah. was last season. Yeah, let's let's go as, as short term as that then. But it's it's interesting that Adam mentioned the uh, the short lads up front and we're going long ball. I've instantly thought back, you know, probably before your time, lads. 88, 89, we got relegated, um, and we had a long a long ball side targeting the 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 the, 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 the forwards, and I don't think any of them were taller than five foot eight. We had <laughs> Honestly, Merendina, John Henry, John Robertson, all, all what you would define as midgets back in the day. And we went long ball. And Adam there has made me think of it from a little bit different now because we are essentially going long ball. Um, we, we, we're tempted for the last, we'll come to that in a bit, of course, but we're tempted in the last 10, 15 minutes to pass it around. But Carroll had just entered the pitch. So why were we passing it around when basically the, 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 the idea should have been, right, sorry, let's just go long ball now. Um, but yeah, Mickey, I think when all said and done, it's Chelsea. Um, they've been brave enough to change the manager when when goings got tough and the results aren't happening. And uh, the sad thing in all of this is that we would we would jump at the chance to take Frank Lampard, and he's failed it at Chelsea. And you know they've been brave. They've changed the manager. They've all you know got a different level now. They're all playing at different speeds. And to be honest, at, at one point, um, again, Adam mentioned Alonso. He was practically up front at one stage. He was waiting for the crosses to come in the box. So for me, met against boys, um, it could have been a training ground game for, for Chelsea, to be honest. Uh, we, we didn't give them a game. The only bonus is the fact that our goal difference has only come being you know, knocked by two. That's a sad state of affairs, lads. It's, it, it, it was a wasted... Wasted 90 minutes game of football. When you were going to get beat, you would have liked to seen a little bit right we're seen at Everton, where we at least give it a go. We probably did give it a go in theory, but blame That was that was it was just awful. Awful for me, lads. That's the thing, isn't it? You know, not none of us are stupid enough to go into this game. And I think in Newcastle are going to get a positive result, especially not this Newcastle United, but the manager and the team can come out of it with with a lot of credit by just putting in a decent performance and Stringing some passes together, making some positive moves, getting getting in the other team's face, doing some of the pressing that's worked well for us over the past couple of weeks since Jones came in, and we just we just seem to do like none of the things that we've done well in recent weeks. Which, I, you know, it, it it beggars belief. Like, I ge- you genuinely wonder what happens at the training ground in the build up to these games because 
would, would genuinely seem to focus on none of the things that we've done well previously. Never, ever build on anything. Like mm -hmm. every positive result we have comes completely on its own and it's surrounded by shite on both sides. And like that is just no way to operate as a football team. And I, I wanted to come onto this after we looked at Chelsea's two goals, which were, were dismal, but I think it's a, probably a good time to talk about it now is I think for the first time in in my entire life watching football, which which started in 1989, Mark, the, the season that you've just mentioned, um, I've seen a team concede complete dominance in, in wide positions, but also at the same time concede complete dominance in the middle of the park. Like we, we sacrificed both the wide areas on both sides and the middle of the park completely for virtually the whole game. And Adam, I, I mean, I, I genuinely don't think I've seen anyone do it before as well as, as we did tonight or as badly, you know, um, did you see it differently? Did we have, you know, did we, did we ever threaten them in any area of the pitch at all? No. Um, again, our midfield reverted to what was, you know, will it gives you a bit of energy, but we were very, we were very pedestrian. We were very slow to react, and I think it's not just physically either. Like mentally, we just we just weren't sharp today. Like Chelsea were just cannier, cleverer. They passed with purpose. We, we, we ultimately when we had the ball, we reverted back to type. Give the ball to Sam Maximum. We did it again. We can't. We can't keep doing this. We can't keep. We can't keep like centering all of our tactical strategy around what, what, like individual players. Like it needs to be a team effort. The only way we're going to get out of this, and 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 let's make no bones about it. We are absolutely in a relegation battle. We are absolutely having watched Fulham last night and watched us tonight. You know, Fulham play Burnley next. I think we've got Man United. If we lose and they win, it's a four point gap, lads. Four points is nothing when you've got a third of the season left. Like, that's how serious things could get. That's how quickly things could change. You know, this this seven-point cushion will not last forever as long as we put out listless performances like that that make that, that make no dent. You know, we're talking about... We're talking in the group about how Barnsley gave Chelsea a game and and, and we, we, just, we just went and made up the numbers. We, we weren't there believing that we could come away with anything. And guess what we didn't? Like against Everton. That wasn't an Everton performance and mm. it, it, at all. And, and, you know, people saying, oh, well, you know, bring Gale in and, you know, he can make up a couple of the goals that we'll miss through, through Callum Wilson. It's just like, no, we, we didn't do enough to change because it, it's like Bruce stumbled across this this formula, this way of playing against Everton that was fantastic, and then we went on a bit of a run. But you can't just rely on it's, you can't be a one trick pony in the Premier League. It's 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 that the, the level is too high. The standards, are, the, the ability of all the other teams and all the other coaches is just too much. It, you can't just you can't be a one trick pony in the Premier League. And what we did tonight is we tr we, we we it's almost like we got it was arrogance to think that we weren't ever going to check we weren't going to change the way we play based on who we're facing and the players that we had available we just went out with the same strategy swapped wilson for uh for, for gale and hoped for the best 
I, 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 I don't understand how they think that we, that we were going to, especially when there was no energy or dynamism in the middle of the park. Like as you as you sort of asked about, it's we we, we yeah we we absolutely conceded that 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 centre battle, and as a result, we we didn't really make any kind of impact in the final third because of that because unless you're going to win that battle or your distribution from defense or goalkeeper is absolutely spot on which it wasn't and i think that's where dollar falls short another reason why i think we could have done with dubravka um and i, I called this out about a week ago it, you know th there's no that it was, there was no shouting at the back there's no organization you've got lascelles in there but he's you know he's he didn't have a very good game. He, he made a very good tackle and knacked Tammy Abraham. But it, uh, in general, he's still recovering. He's still rusty. He's not as he was. He's not. He's still not optimum uh, Jamal Lascelles. So you've got Dollar who doesn't talk. You've got Dollar who can't really distribute. So when we're trying to push up and trying to counterattack, like what are, are we just relying on trying to get it to Sam Maximan and against a very, very experienced Aspilqueta who... In, in, yes, didn't have the legs, and we could we should have probably targeted him a bit more with getting down the left hand side. And most of our attacks sort of did come down the left hand side, but it's just it's not enough. It, it, as soon as they figure out what we're trying to do, they they have the talent and they have the the intelligence, the football intelligence to quell it, and they and they did it, and it was it was easy for them. It was so we once again we make it so easy for opposition to play against us, time and time again. We're a walkover. Like you, you mentioned training ground. It was barely that. At least in the training ground exercise, people are fighting for p positions and places to get to get into the starting eleven. We didn't even look like we were doing that. I think uh, to continue the Adam, you've, you've nailed it, mate. We've, we've got no leadership. You know, our captains, we'll call them, Shelby and Lascelles. You, you watch the game and yes, cameras don't pick up everything, but you, 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 we're not stupid. There's no... There doesn't seem to be any organisation, no passion. And passion in football can be overused or it's, it's a bit of a cliche in ways. Um, but I look at that I look at that lineup, and I just think, where's the rally call? Where's the people shouting? And again, this is where possibly Wilson's a little bit underrated in that respect because he doesn't half bollock the players. He's, he's, he's in, it, in it, the players. He's, he's, he's niggly with players. He's... Win free kicks. He's leading from from the, from you know from up front, and I look at that lineup now, and and I know we've said it before on, on podcasts, but the amount of players who've went backwards, especially in the last twelve months since you know since lockdown, since we've come back, you know you've only got to look, look at the stats. People are praising Steve Bruce because we're starting to score goals. Are oh, brilliant, but we've still lost three out of the five games. <laughs> since he's done this, since he's done this dramatic change around, and oh, Steve Bruce, the gloves is off and all that. Well, no, it, it's it's still three defeats. It's we're still slipping further down the table. Teams around us, or below, or, sorry, below us, have now overtaken us, and there's only one team left really who is going to got a chance to overtake us, and that's Fulham. As Adam mentioned, their fixtures are very favourable towards them. You know, in, in looking a little bit further ahead, I've got a quick recheck on the fixtures, lads. You know, if you think we've got Man United away, then Wolves at home. Um, West Brom away. You know, Sam Allardyce, that he's got a he's got a knack of turning uh, Newcastle over since he's uh, since he left. 
Uh, we've got Villa at home, then Brighton away. That's before the end of March. I'll be amazed if we're not closer to the bottom three or in the bottom three than what we are today. And it's and it's it's frightening, lads. It's really, and really frightening. What's worse is that Fulham have a game on hand. <laughs> yeah. Have a game in hand on us now. So, but, you know, for example, we lose against Man United, they win, Burn, they beat Burnley and their next and their game in hand, they'd be one point behind us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just, they, just the a scary thing is they they play both Burnley and their next game before we go to Man United, so they've they've got a chance of picking up six points and get back on the pitch, and that's an an away game against a, a really informed Man United side. This, you know, when I, I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say something risky, we're not going to win at Man United, are we? Like. So we could we, be staring. We could be staring at a one-point gap by the time we come into that. We now have the joint fourth-worst defense in the league. We deserve to be where we are. Mm-hmm. We deserve. Oh, we absolutely deserve to be where we are, and and and, and possibly worse if we're if we're completely honest with ourselves. Um, that was the that was a scary thing for me. This that, that's done the rounds tonight on Twitter. Um, during the game was that was that Fulham were going to play twice. It's not. It doesn't come as a massive shock to me that Fulham would beat Everton, by the way, and that's a team that we've 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 beaten in our run. If you're not um if you listen to this in podcast form, I've done quotation marks on my fingers there. Run <laughs> a run includes losing at home against Crystal Palace, who are absolutely terrible. Beating Everton, who are losing against everyone at the minute. Um mm-hmm. losing again tonight. That's you know, that's that's what we call a run now on Tyneside. That's how how dismal it's got. And Mark it, you're right there when you say they're talking about a lack of leaders and that's something else that's done the rounds on Twitter tonight. And um, I don't know if anyone's seen it during the game. Apparently, the only voice you could hear amongst the players was um, was Dwight Gale. Now, that's not right. that's not acceptable from the goalkeeper. It's not acceptable from the captain. It's definitely not acceptable from the captain in the centre-half mm-hmm. to, to have only a striker who hasn't even been in the team that much this year as the only person you can hear in a game where you're losing is just, it just beggars belief. And you have to start worrying, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the manager and talking about the coaching setup in Newcastle United at the minute, but you have to start worrying about the players as well when that that's the attitude that's coming in because a team that's not communicating with each other. And this this is from a defensive corner, I think the tweet was talking about, that that is a real, real worry. Um, If, if, that, if Dwight Gale's the only voice that you're hearing and, that you know points at, it. It comes as no surprise that we're conceding goals from set pieces and from crosses. If that's the crack at the minute, because that's that's what happens when you don't communicate at Premier League level in the, in, in football. You, you, you're going to concede and you're going to be shit, and that's that's what we are, Adam. Like that's that second goal. You know, it the way it came off Clark's head, I think, was unfortunate. I, I, I think there's little. He's battling for Giroud. Giroud's a huge threat. So at least Clark was in amongst it and trying to guard that threat. But I mean, what what what's Lascelles doing? He's flat footed. He's stood there. He's not he's not he's not marking anybody. Like we've there was it was essentially you had Rudiger and Timo Werner at the back post just completely just completely unmarked. Yeah Lewis, and it's Lewis like, stands and let Werner run but, behind him. But but Lascelles's positioning and flat footedness has basically is gifted has gifted a goal to you know what was to to a player who couldn't buy a goal, Timo Werner. He's a player I like, and and I, you know, away from games against Newcastle, for you know, because I'm a fan of football, I'd like him to do well. And you know, but somebody who's so low on his confidence, who's got a bust lip, 
<laughs> and we, we're not marking him from a corner. Like it's, we're just asking to be, we're just asking to concede. Why? Why isn't there nobody at that back post? What? Whose fault was it? Who? Who else? Who else should have been marking? What's Lascelles doing? Why is he so flat-footed? It, it's just it, it literally just bounces off his shin, and then Werner's got to tap in. It's it's unacceptable. I don't, I don't care how good Chelsea are. We shouldn't be conceding that goal against anybody in this league. There's a there's a reason, lads. Um, if you just look at the stats, which is what you can't ignore. You know, in the last what thirty games, we've lost seventeen, and we've got a goal difference of minus twenty five. <laughs> now I don't know. I don't know how many goals we've conceded in that run. I co- to be honest, couldn't be bothered to look it up. Getting a bit bored of looking at negative stats, to be honest. But that's the hard facts, you know. Since 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 um, the end of last season, when we drew two and lost four of the final six, if you include the twenty-four games from this season, that's that's damn lads. That's relegation form. And as you said, Adam, them examples tonight are just two examples of poor organisation at the back. Um, and we could probably cherry pick moments from all the games in them 30 games where there's been individual errors or bad decision making or Kraft getting skinned. By the way, I'm, I refuse to blame Kraft on all this. He's, he's become a bit of a scapegoat. He's not good enough, we know that. But collectively, as a back, four, five, whatever you want to say, including the goalkeeper, the, the organisation's not there. And it's, it's extremely worrying to the point where... If you look at the last two games, I think it's Sheffield United at home. Fulham away. Fulham away. If, if we need to pick up points in them two games, what Sheffield United are probably gone, let's be honest. That could be a, that could be a relegation battle in one, one game. I just can't believe we're in this situation. In fact, you know what, lads? I can't believe we're in this situation. Adam mentioned before, and I know you didn't use it in this, con- um, probably mean it in this context about how quickly things can change. But we've predicted this. What was said last season, if we don't go down this season, it'll be next. If we don't go down this season, it'll be next season. But to be honest, lads, this relegation's come around a lot quicker than what we thought. And if we do stop up, and Steve Bruce is allowed to honour his final year of his three-year contract, Mike Ashley is... I don't know what to say. He will hemorrhage money. The value of his asset will plummet. Yeah. He's just shooting himself in the face, isn't he? But you know, this is this is Newcastle United under Mike Ashley. We've done it twice before, and we're making the same mistakes again. And you know, just quickly before we before we look at the second half, we'll look at the first goal, and you, we've, we've touched on it a little bit there. We'll possibly to try and give the team a little bit of credit. We're possibly slightly unfortunate that Werner comes back on the pitch, and they they then get the chance to overload down their left hand side. But Adam, you you talked about it earlier on in the show, like. Marcus Alonso is just unmarked and, and runs from left back inside, drags drags Kraft away, and Kraft gets kind of caught between the two. At the same time, Hayden decides to to sort of show Werner inside, nowhere near going inside, and clearly is never going to go inside, but just manages to get himself just enough out of position that Werner can then break onto Kraft, and then he stands Kraft up, totally turns him inside out, gets the ball across and the, and the score, you know, Giroud scores one of the easiest goals he'll ever score in his career. It's just, there's so many individual mistakes in there and, and collective mistakes as well because nobody recognises that Werner's going to be coming back on the pitch and, you know, a, a, a good team does, at least at least one person should have been like... Not even, not even a good team, Mickey. A team that's concentrating. Mm-hmm. A yeah, team that's, that's concentrating. It. It's on the side. It, Werner is right next to the dugout. Bruce can see it. 
Bruce should be screaming because Bruce can hear that conversation. He can hear, he can hear Timo Werner getting patched up. He can hear the fourth referee was uh, Kevin Friend saying, "No, it's not. You're still bleeding. You've got to like." He can hear that whole conversation. He's aware of it because Werner is standing feet away from him. So him or any of the coaches need to shout, come across somebody. And I think what you mentioned there about Kraft and Hayden, I think there was a moment, and it fucked them both, there was a moment where they almost like looked at each other and didn't know who to, who was supposed to go and who was going to um, follow, the, follow the runner and who was going to go to to Werner. Like they, there was... There was that hesitation, and that moment's hesitation was all Werner needed to just glide past one, glide past Kraft. You know, it's you're right, it's not Kraft's fault he's not very good, but the fact of the matter is, he's not very good. Mm-hmm. Yet, we're, we're stuck with him because we sold one and we burned the other one out and he got injured. So, we, it, it was too easy, it was far too easy. And then another thing, you know, I don't want to go all guns on, on, on Darlow here, but he loves a punch. He loves a parry. And this is why I want Dubravka back in, because Dubravka, more often than not, clutches at it, holds onto it. The ball sticks to him more. There's more authority in that box. And to parry, yeah, Giroud, we should have been in front of him. Somebody should have been there. Our midfield were flat-footed. Again, not switched on, not concentrating, complacency all over the park. But any goalkeeper parrying that kind of cross into the basically where the penalty box, where the penalty spot is, come on. Yeah. It's, it's schoolboy stuff. Yeah. And then Giroud's a smart striker. He, he, he waits just outside of our defenders for the ball to drop to his feet. And he's got all the time in the world. I know he takes it first time, but he didn't even have to. He could have taken a touch if he wanted picked out the goal with the keeper lying on the floor. I think you're right, Adam. The time the time is now for Dubravka and he so but the main thing for me with him is that he that he helps with that organization. He, he he's very yeah. vocal in his box. He's very vocal with the defense despite the, the language barrier between him and a lot of English players, supposed language barrier which shouldn't be there for Darlo, but Darlo just doesn't communicate enough and we we'll ha- we'll haven't got any more time to sort of be, you know, what's the right word? Loyal. So yeah, yeah, brilliant. Um, we haven't got time anymore. Um, Darlow, yes, he's been a fantastic deputy, but we all know that the Bravkas were best keeper. And as we mentioned before, we're missing leaders, we're missing organizers. And you would hear the Bravka shout, organize, bollock, rally the troops. You could hear him when there was 50,000 supporters there. Now, as Adam mentioned before, there's no one in the ground tonight. Who on earth was organizing that right side? To let them know that the wing I was coming back on the it, it it's it's baffling, but it's not baffling because this is Newcastle United under Steve Bruce, and I'm not blaming Steve Bruce because we can we can praise uh, Jones, we can praise the new coaching staff when we're winning, but collectively, what on earth happened at that point for that to be such an easy goal to concede, and then you've got Kraft getting caught, you've got Hayden not tracking. In Giroud, we knew Giroud was going to score. I, I, the commentator doesn't t- need to tell Newcastle United supporters that Giroud's got a good record. I think it's, I think that was his eighth or ninth goal against us now, and um, he never broke sweat the night either. You know, the likes of Giroud, like he's thirty-four year old, he's a bit poor player, but we would snap, snap Chelsea's hands off to take him. He's the type of person I've mentioned before. If we're relying on on Wilson, 
And knowing fine well that we've got non-goal scoring centre forwards in Dwight Gale, who is clearly not fancied by Steve Bruce. You know, so why aren't we going for the likes of a Giroud or someone who will compliment Wilson or be a capable deputy when Wilson gets injured? Because as Adam said, we might be scoring goals around the uh, different areas of the pitch now. But let's be honest, we haven't got a striker. Yeah, well, I mean, we're literally doing it. You know, we'll talk about Bruce's in-game management in a second, but just, I just thought I'd ask if either of you had anything positive within your notes for the first half, or because I, I can't remember us not, not even not having a shot, but I can't even remember us trying to get to the place where you might have a shot in the first half. It was that negative a first half. I mean, Sam Maximan got the ball on the right hand side, didn't he? And a bit of trickery, and but he scuffed his he scuffed his shot. Like when it came to it, he, yeah. he scuffed his shot. And you know, we I'm not going to you know I don't want to again dig him out per se. It's it's not it's not as it's not as fault necessary. But I mean, I mean, you know, I'm, for example, I'm look I'm looking at I'm looking at a heat map right now about of, of Dwight Gale touches in the box. You're probably looking at like literally like literally like two, if that. You just we couldn't find our striker in the box, and most of it was was on the right hand side, right wing. Like that. This is the other problem with this with this with this forward line that we've got. But I just we could we you you, you could say Chelsea are much better side. We shouldn't be expecting to be beating them. Yeah, that's fair enough. In 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 isolation, you look at Man United. You think Man United much better side title challenge. We, we can't expect to be beating them. The, the 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 thing wrong with that is that we've already been beaten by the likes of um, Leeds Sheffield. and Sheffield United. So it's a simple maths. If you, if you don't if you don't if you're not going if you fail to beat the worst teams, it means you have to you have to pick up points against the best the better teams. We can't just fabricate points out of thin air. If you're not picking them up against the teams that we should have done, which we really haven't done in that awful run that we had, which maybe the two wins were blips. I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, maybe that's being too harsh on expecting us to pick up points against Chelsea and Man United. But hell, I expected a bit more fight tonight. I really did. We, 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 where's the urgency? Where, who, who in that? Who in that team gives a shit, and, and and who on that coaching staff, who's who's responsible for for firing them up and telling them exactly like how important this is and how dangerous it is after that, especially after that Fulham win last night, we should have been right. We'll show them what we're made of. We'll be solid. Who's collectively, like you say, as a coaching staff and as a squad and as a team, where's the fight? Where's the passion? Who's who's rallying the troops? Like we said, who who is it? Because I tell you what, there's people to get paid. People are getting paid to do that, and we're, we're not saying it at all. It was a, it was absolute shambles. It was it, like it was just gutless. I think uh, when you look at the media as well, Adam, uh, they are getting paid to tell us how we should view our football club, and um, I think. I think the frustrating part in all of this is that they're trying to tell us <laughs> that what we're seeing is not right. And there's got to be a point where the media have got to stop having this sort of 
fake praise of Steve Bruce. You know, it's 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 easy, it's easy to turn around and go, well, he beat Chelsea last season, he beat Man United, he beat Spurs, but we've beat none of them this season, have we? No, and we'll we'll look that far apart from them now, especially the Man U game, that four-one Tonkin. That it's got to the point now where where you're looking at and going right. We're not getting them freak. I'll call them freak results. We had them under Rafa. We had them under uh, under under Bruce last season, and we're not getting them now. And as you rightly say, when we're losing it at Leeds, we're losing against Sheffield United, we're losing against Crystal Palace. <laughs> it's getting to the point now where the media have got to turn around and go. A little bit, look, look, have a little bit more analysis than just saying, "Ah, oh, well, he hasn't got Callum Wilson. He's 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 scored ten of that fifteen goal or whatever his he, he stats are." It's it's just it's boring. And I've you mentioned Twitter before, Adam. I, I made a conscious decision to stay away from it, to be honest, because I'm sick of hearing people tell me that I should be grateful for Steve Bruce, um, that that I shouldn't be harsh on what I'm witnessing. So I've made that decision just to sort of back away from current affairs and just let's see how the, the season develops. But let's be honest, as we sit here now, I bet all three of us just want this season to end because it's only going one way. And, and you know, on, on, the, on the media as well, I mean, you know, I'm not, not necessarily I'm, I'm, I'm going to dig it. Mark Douglas, I, I really respect him. He's a, he's a great journalist. A month, yeah, it was a month ago, he tweeted that, oh, one win, I mean, this is this is maybe a you know a flavor of how quickly things can change, and he he tweeted you know one more win. This was before the Sheffield United game, by the way. I think this was build up to that. One more win, and he said relegation would be almost assured. And I immediately called him out, and I said no chance because you're not taking into account. I think it was like a twelve point gap or something at the time. And I said, well, you're not. At the time, Fulham had two games in hand on us, so that wasn't being taken mm. into account. And I said, well, well, we're only halfway through the season, so like, we, there's no way we can start making wild claims like that, which now looks quite silly And for, for this very reason, because Fulham had games in hand. Fulham had started to draw a lot. They weren't losing a lot, but they weren't, we weren't winning yet, but they were starting to draw, and they just looked a lot more solid and looked like a, a harder team to beat. And fair play to Scott Parker. He... He got a lot of stick at the start of the season. People were calling for his head, but he's he, he, he's progressively learned. He's learned. He's learning a lot about his team far, far fast. Look at look at the rate that he's learned about his Fulham side from the start of this season to now. Versus how much Bruce has learned about his side. Bruce only learned, you know, more about the best things Bruce learned about his side this season was when he got somebody else in to tell him. He needed that. He needed the help. So, like, th this this has been coming, and yet, you know, I don't understand why we're the only ones who seem to be seeing it. And you're right, Mark. What, there's going to get to a point where the journalists' view will absolutely have to align with ours because there will be no other alternative view. Fact will be fact. We're in serious shit right now. That, that there's no two ways of looking about it, and and I just don't think there's been. Yes, we've been critical of Bruce, but then I almost, I kind of thought that when we turned a corner a bit, that everyone backed off because it was like you can't, you can't dare criticize anything about. We'd just beaten Everton two 0 You can't criticize anything. You can, 
Because even from wins, you should be learning stuff to improve for the next game. You can't just rest on a 2-0 win at Everton and think you can dine out on that till the end of the season. It's not how football works. 3-2 against Southampton, mental game. We were lucky. We were absolutely lucky to come away with that great battle performance. But what does it tell us about? You know, it, it tells us that we're, there are still errors in our defence. It tells us that we're shaky, and it tells us that we're again relying on a couple of players. You know, we wouldn't have. I don't think we would have won that game had John Willock not come in. Hmm. And and you, you know, and, and luckily, like how bad would it have been tonight if Jen, Jeff Hendrick had continued to play? You know, like all these things, and we can see this coming. We. We know better. We can feel the heartbeat of our club more than anybody. And it's about time people start listening to us because we're being proven right. We don't want to be proven right. This is awful. This is excruciating. But hell, we need to stop. Our opinions need to stop being respected because what we said would happen is starting to unfold right before our eyes. And before we know it, we are sleepwalking into relegation. And the last, the, the coverage of the last month has been appalling because it's like, oh, yeah, we. Rosie, you know, nobody could, as long as we play like this every week, which is just, why would that ever be a thing? Of course, we're not going to be able to keep up this intensity or like, <laughs> you know, it's one, look how fit leads are, for example, and they do high press. We do it for a couple of games and we're probably now knackered from it, even though we've had a nine, a nine day break or whatever. So like, there is so much that can go on. I just think people underestimate just how dangerous it is having Steve Bruce managing the football club. History, history has a habit of proving Newcastle fans correct in these big battles we seem to have against the media and you know so on and so forth. And we, we seem to always be proven right. So, you know, I, I hope I, I hope I'm not, but I, I fear that we will be. The other the other interesting thing I've seen doing the rounds this week again on Twitter is a statistic about I think it's the last thirteen game weeks, but I may be incorrect with that number. The only team who have conceded less goals than Fulham in that time is Man City. So Fulham have got wow. the best defensive record over the past 13 game weeks. Maybe I think, con- 10. I think they've conceded 10, Man City conceded three in that same period. You're right. They're all yeah, the second, second best defence in that time period. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, just a quick hats off to Man City because that's that's a joke. Could be that much better than everyone else. But that's like, are- that's like football manager cheat tactic territory, isn't it, really? But Fulham, Fulham are the second defensive team over a significant period of the season, and you compare you compare that form with Newcastle United's form, and you you really then start to worry. And I just want to you know we need to talk about the second half. We'll do it briefly to finish up the show, but I just want to talk about what Bruce has said, and one quote in particular. And and before I read this quote, you just need to bear in mind what I've just said there about Fulham, what we've said already on this podcast, particularly about Fulham and the position Newcastle United, the fact that Newcastle United are seventeenth in the league, and we've got. Man United away with Fulham to play twice before we set foot on the pitch to play Man United. This is what Steve Bruce has said tonight. First of all, there's positives to take from the second half performance. Were there? Like, we'll get onto that in a second. That wasn't Steve. News flash for you there. Secondly, there are seven or eight looking over their shoulder. It's always the accumulation of points. I mean, like, does anyone even say to him, like, what, what are you on about, Steve? It's always the accumulation of points. There's still a long way to go. We certainly don't have enough at the moment, so we need to put a couple of wins together. There are seven or eight looking over their shoulder. We're, we're 17th in the league, Steve. Like we're, we're the ones that are looking over our shoulders at the impending relegation if things don't change from what they what have been for Newcastle United. Accum- 
Accumulation of points. Is, is Steve Bruce's defence now just to read out the rules of association football? <laughs> like, uh, or any, or any league, league let, format let, of any kind of competition ever in let, history. Let, listen, listen, he's, he's, he's a knacker. And I'm sick of just ridiculous things he comes out with because it, it riles me. Um, but let, listen, going above his head, Mike Ashley, okay, we all know what he's like. We all know what his target, his real target is. I saw quotes today from Steve Bruce talking about, well, you know, 40 was always the target. <laughs> like Dizzy Heights of, you know, not like last season where we were, you know, pushing on at the, the, the top off. That, that's completely gone now. Definitely, definitely killed. But look, look, look at the striker situation. Look, look at somebody who could have got unknown. We, we, we all know Gail, Carol, Joe Linton, they're not up to it. They're not. I don't. That's just fact. They, they, they've, they, they aren't good enough. And you look at somebody like. You look at somebody like who we could have gone in on loan, for example, and you think like, like even Rondon, and, and people might laugh at this, but Rondon, yes, he like at least he's had a, he's at least he's had a full season in China, and he's he's scored. He got he got in a double figures. He's gone on loan to like Moscow, CSK Moscow, like this week. And you just think, like six months long to get Rondon in, bit of leadership up front, proper could could do more more of a job of replacing Wilson than anybody that we have, but we won't, you know, we won't go for that. Somebody like Idian Agallo went on loan to some, you know, again a random team. There are players out there who have Premier League experience that we could have gone in for six months just to kind of ensure that we're going to not finish highest 17th like the, 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 there were players out there that we could have gone for but we 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 in a mike ashley regime he doesn't like to spend 17th is what he's aiming for things are going perfectly for him right now just a point on the uh the second half um steve bruce will say that as a positive because it was a nil nil draw and as i said before damage limitation we were never ever going to get a result tonight I don't care what anyone says. No one was positive. No one was even looking forward to it, as far as I, I recall. Um, but, but yeah, you'll see that as a positive because of a nil-nil draw. He's, he's deluded if he's now including a batch of, did he say seven or eight? Seven or eight, yeah. Seven, so, <laughs> so, basically, another four teams ahead of us. Um, oh, no, yeah, seven or eight he, looking he, over their shoulders. The, bot, the bottom three won't be looking over their shoulders because they're already there. So, seven, it's seven or eight from 17th up. So seven up right. is Ars seven up is Arsenal in tenth place. So what is he talking about? And uh, the long way to go, as I said before, someone needs to tell tell Steve Bruce that by the end of the March. In fact, no. Let, let's put it back to Steve Bruce. Why isn't the journalist putting this back to Steve Bruce? If there's a long way to go, well, and we need to put a run together, the best run we've had this season, unbeaten. Take a guess, lads. Best unbeaten run we've had this season. Have we even had a run? Three games. Two games. <laughs> That's what best unbeaten one this season. And, and that was a win and a draw t on two occasions. Last season, it was uh, the six-game run, it, you know, just before lockdown, and then we'll come back. So Steve Bruce hasn't got a good run in him as far as Newcastle United's concerned. And this season, a, a win and a draw on two occasions, then we'll start losing again. <sighs> the, I won't go into it too much, Mickey, because we're against the clock. But that post-match interview with Steve Bruce, I haven't watched it yet, but the three points you've said there, I think we'll all be in agreement. And the whole Newcastle United fan base will probably be in agreement. He's full of shit. <laughs> He's absolutely full of shit. And as Adam said, we're absolutely sick of it. And people may look at this and go, oh, there's true faith yet again having a go. 
about Steve Bruce. They're, they're melodramatic. They've got it in for him and all that. Uh, well, let's look outside of True Faith. Let's, let's look at other podcasts. Like, let's look at other fan groups. Let's look at your mates who you know who aren't part of anything to do with Newcastle United in a, in a social media aspect. Everyone is saying exactly the same. And I'm, I'm repeating what I'm saying. <laughs> We're in a relegation fight. And we've said this since before Christmas. And I said to Luke Edwards on private messages before our little spat last week, I said the two biggest games for Steve Bruce was Arsenal in the Cup and Sheffield United away. If you lost both of them, he had to go. And now Mike Ashley's rolling a big dice here and he's hoping. He Well, Steve Bruce loves that word, hope, doesn't he? He's hoping, beyond hope, that we don't get relegated. And, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit speechless in a way, lads, because it gets boring talking in this way, doesn't it? It gets so mundane and dull and just like, I'm sick of talking about the same crap about it, a Steve Bruce managed Newcastle United. It does help to have an extended vocabulary, uh, just to sort of mix, <laughs> mix, mix it up a bit. Like, how many different ways can you say we were shit? I think I'll, I think I'll swallow a dictionary next time I come on with you. Put it that way, but uh, <laughs> but no, it, it's just it's just it's just boring, lads. As we've said before, we sound like broken records, but we've seen it coming, and it's it's come round quicker. And as I said, let's see where we are at the end of March. Um, the the next six games. Wow. <laughs> I don't even want to think where we'll be, lads, because I, I, I don't... Put it put it this way, going off on a, a little bit of a digression here. Steve Bruce, Rafa Blinkers walking and Steve Bruce becoming a manager, lost 10,000 supporters. People have now got used to not going to the games. Some people like, oh, so desperate to go and see what mates again. I can probably give or take the 90 minutes. I'll happy to go in and sing a few songs. But the actual Steve Bruce football is not, not inspiring me to go back. So I, I really don't see how he's going to be able to turn this around, especially as he said he was going to take us forward when he got the job. And he said he was going to take us forward this season with better players, the players he wanted. He was so happy with the transfer window. So why are we going backwards to the extent that we're now in a relegation battle? It's, it's his own doing. Yeah, and let's face let's face facts here. It's a relegation battle that we're currently losing. You know, we, we may not be in the relegation zone at the moment, but it's a matter of time on current form for for, for us and for the teams around us. And you know, I'm I'm massively frightened for what the future holds for this football club. And we're probably past the point where if we're going to change the manager and change the coaching staff, it would have happened. So I I I suspect that we're you know regardless of how things go over the coming weeks, I think. Bruce and the Steves are in until the end of the season. And we just, you know, as a fan base now, there's absolutely nothing we can do about it, of course. Um, we just have to hope that the players can do enough on the pitch to to, to keep us in the league. I, I really did want to touch on the second half and, you know, these, these so-called positives. I know we've, we've, we've gone on for 50 minutes now. So just really, really quickly, I wanted to just, we'll, we'll finish up looking at Bruce's in-game management because it's, you know, it's happened again, this, the, the absolutely crazy substitutions. And we started the second half obviously better than what the first half was. I mean, it couldn't have been any worse. We didn't really threaten the goal, but we we, we had a lot more possession. We did have some shots. It weren't particularly good chances, but we had some shots. We limited Chelsea. And then and then the subs, like, 
Joe Linton, Joe Linton coming on for Gale. I know Gale hadn't hadn't been particularly effective playing on the right wing, but Joe Linton is never going to be effective playing on the right wing. It's pointless. It's like it's like having one less body on the pitch. And then you've got Willock coming off and Shelby staying on, and you just think, Jesus Christ, what what is the thought process going into these substitutions, and what is what is the mindset in 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 the changes? And you know, Carroll comes on, gets himself about a bit, but we. Mark, you said first thing. One of the first things you said on this show: where Carroll comes on the pitch, and we do the opposite of what we should, and we're not getting yeah. the ball in. I mean, in the box, so, substitutes are supposed to be impact players. When you're two 0 down away at Chelsea, if you had a, I, I don't know. For me, I've, I've said this for a long time. A lot of our players are much of a muchness now, apart from a, a, a few. We know who they are. But but for me, it, it's making substitutions for the sake of making substitutions. There's there's no impact. There doesn't seem to be any right. We're going to go for it. Yeah, we're going to go. I don't know four three three, and we're going to. Ch- it's it's just it's just ticking boxes. Um, and that might sound harsh, but for me, I think we can safely put this one one to bed. We didn't expect anything. Um, Man United. Let's be honest. Much, it'll be exactly the same. The bit the big game is going to be Wolves at home, lads. Um, they've had a, a pretty shocking season by their standards, their lofty standards, considering they're the best promoted side ever. And um, you know, you know, for me, that that that's a must. That's another must-win game. But um, just quickly going back to what Adam said before about um, the victories recently, Southampton. We were, I was expecting to beat Southampton, and their bad form continues. So, as much as Steve Bruce has had over-the-top praise for that result, for me, I expected it. We've, we should be beating Southampton, a poor Southampton side who are in bad form. But I'll tell you one thing, lads, and Adam mentioned um, Scott Parker before, I would take every single manager in that division apart from Sam Allardyce over Steve Bruce. And that just goes how, how, how far Steve Bruce has got me not wanting him at the football club. But that's for another podcast. <laughs> Allardyce is only bottom of the list because he's such a prick as well. I think he's probably a more effective manager than Bruce. Um Absolutely. I think, uh, I think, lads, that probably about wraps it up. It's another, I'm afraid, for everyone that's stuck with us for 52 minutes so far, it's been another pretty dismal look at Newcastle United. But we can only, you know, we can only talk about what was saved on the pitch. And yet again, it's another terrible performance from Newcastle United. And we've got, what is it, seven days, six days to, until we play, until we play Man United in the meantime. There's probably the the most important game of our season so far. It doesn't involve Newcastle United and it's Burnley against Fulham. I and mean, we just have to see Fulham not win that game. And fingers crossed we don't go into the game against Man United with only a one point gap between us and Fulham. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks again for sticking with True Faith. We'll be back with you. Uh, if you're a patron, there's a preview show coming up this week. There's Charlotte and the live YouTube show on Friday. And then we'll have the usual post-match show after Man United away. Sorry about that. Cheers for listening. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire 
to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash wire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.